hear the gospel which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God which is with me. said to him, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. 
When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. He speaks to you, proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think all of us know this gospel story pretty well because of its starkness. It appears, in case we missed it in the gospel of Matthew, also in the gospel of Mark, also in the gospel of Luke. So this, needless to say, is an important story. We learn from these three gospel accounts that this was a young man who came to Christ He was wealthy. In some of the accounts it calls him a ruler. And he had lots of money. But he also, he came to the Lord and asked about inheriting eternal life. So we see that he has a good desire. He didn't have to go to Christ and ask him this. And in fact, he also was righteous in many ways. Because our Lord proceeds to list all of these things that he should do. And he says, I've done these from my youth. So he's a good man in a lot of ways. But then we see what happens next. He says, what else? And our Lord says, go and sell everything that you have. You'll have treasures in heaven. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. That was a little bit too much for him to bear, at least at that time. We don't know later on in his life if he repented from that. And then the apostles are shocked by this. Because the Lord says how hard it is for a rich person to enter into heaven. And that word lucios means just a person with lots of things. So it could be all of us. And then he says it's even harder than a camel going through the eye of a needle. And sometimes this translation is confusing because in Aramaic that word is a rope. Rope and camel are very similar. But either way, you get the idea. Something really small, something really big doesn't fit through very well. So it's a hard gospel reading indeed. But there are two things to learn from this. The two sides. On one side we want to say, you know, that's for him. That's his uh, cross to bear. And then on the other side, we want to try to apply it to ourselves and say, gosh, I need to sell everything and give it all to the poor. Well, the answer is it's kind of both. So it is his own unique cross that he has, that our Lord has given him. Because it's his unique struggle. Because he was withholding this part of his heart from the Lord. What we learn from this is that God desires our whole heart, not just part of it. And so the Lord looked at him uniquely and saw, this is the thing that you still struggle with. So I'm going to give you this right here. So it was unique to him. 
But we each have ways in which we withhold from the Lord. And this is what requires discernment and prayer for us to see what those ways are. Because just as He encountered the Lord, we will also encounter the Lord. And He will say to us, What about this thing here? Did you entrust this to me too? What about this over here? Did you entrust that to me too? He will have the same account for us that He had for that ruler. And what have we walled off and compartmentalized in our own lives to keep it as our own? But, of course, this particular thing about going and selling everything, giving it to the poor, this was his own unique um, diakonia, you could say, his own uh, service that he was asked to offer. And that was the harsh remedy that he had for his own uh, love of wealth. And yet, even that is still applicable to us. Sure, we're not called to go sell everything we have and give it all to the poor. However, when we hear our Lord saying, we're tempted to say, oh, that's not me. That's those rich people, right? Gosh, I'm glad I'm not a rich person. When we hear all those things about how hard it is to get into salvation. But these apply to us. Because, in fact, the only ones who are truly poor are the saints. All the rest of us are not poor. What do I mean by that? Because we cannot be poor unless we truly see that we have nothing. I'll say that again. We cannot be poor unless we see that we have nothing. Everything is from God. We can say this, but do we truly believe that? And do we truly live that in our lives? Everything has been given to us for our care for a particular duration of time. And a lot of times we don't even know what that duration is. And so everything to us is about being a steward. What is a steward as we see in the gospel? A steward is one who takes care of something that's not his. Like the steward of the wedding feast at Cana and Galilee. Or those servants who are given the talents. Those were never theirs. But they still did something with them, right? Some of them went and raised more talents through their work. And others, another one decided to go and bury it in the ground instead. But regardless, all of the talents were not theirs. It was theirs to take care of. So we start with nothing and we end with nothing. As we've heard so often, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. There's an even more colorful phrase in Greek. Dosavano denekitsepis. That means the savano, the burial shroud, doesn't have any pockets. <laughs> Think about that one. Huh? Has no pockets. We leave with nothing. Right? Nothing is mine. And this is truly the story of this gospel passage. Nothing is mine. And yet so often I become attached to things, like that rich young ruler. Or for a more contemporary reference, in Finding Nemo, the seagulls. Mine, 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 mine. Have you seen that? That's how we live our lives. Mine, what's mine? What's mine? Even if we have few possessions, and this is where we're tempted to think that's for rich people, but all of us have possessions. All of us have things that we take ownership of. And our Lord says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You could also say, whatever you treasure, there your heart will be. Have you ever thought that that's not flipped around? It's not where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. 
It's not that. It's the other way around. Where your treasure is, that's where you're going to find your heart. So where is your treasure? What are those things that you treasure? Anything that I attach myself to is a hindrance for my communion with God. Whether it's my material possessions, my ego, my wants, my desires, my dreams, my reputation. Anything that I consider I have possession of is a hindrance to my relationship with God, my communion with Him. So how do we get rid of that? How do we become unattached? How do we do this? Well, let's look at the two things. There are the things that we can give away and the things that we can't. So there are things we can't give away like our job. We shouldn't go and just quit our job. Our house, our car. There are certain things that we we need, okay? But then there are the things that we can give away. So let's look at the things that we need, okay? Those things, what can we do with those? Because we're not all called to go sell our houses, quit our jobs, sell everything that we have. What do we do with those things? As the psalmist says, we give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. We give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And what is that to say? This isn't mine, this is yours. I still have it, but this is God's. That's what we do. We thank God for the things that we have because then we remember it's not mine, it's God's. I still have it. It's still in my care and in my trust and I have to use it to the best of my ability. But it's not mine, it's God's. So those are the things that we need to keep. But what about the things that we can give away? Well, we can start doing that now. We can give more. And the giving is, of course, of our possessions, of our any monetary thing. But it's also giving of our time, giving of our efforts to other people, giving away of anything that we have to give. We should be generous with that. Because as we give those things away, we continue to recognize they're not mine. They're God's. Our giving away should also have a slight aspect of pain. Why should that be? A slight aspect of pain. And the reason for that is because that's what will really chip away at that wall that we've built. And what is the wall? It's God's things and my things. When we built this wall, it's a false wall because we know that everything is God's. But we built up this wall and we want to keep this wall. And we want to keep the things that are ours. So when we give away just a little bit past the point of our ability, we're chipping away at that wall. We're saying, oh yeah, actually it isn't mine. It actually is God's. And I'm just giving it back to Him. And I'm recognizing this wall is a false wall. But we often treasure this wall because then we have the things that we treasure. And our Lord says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So may we have nothing that we treasure except the thanksgiving of all the things that God has given to us. May we have no possessions, and then we will be truly poor. Even if we have, in an outward sense, possessions, we're not possessed by them. And to God be glory, and may He give us that strength. Amen.